0: This recording has been produced by Christchurch, Jerusalem.
1: For more information, visit us at cmj-israel.org. Good evening and welcome to our Christchurch evening Bible study. We are going to begin the book of Deuteronomy. Um, This is uh, hopefully going to be a, a time where we wrestle with the text I am going to confess that I do not know all the answers. Oh boy, that's a good human confession. Uh, which means I am going to ask just as many questions and not know the answer. However, you all have the Holy Spirit, do you not? You all have lots of study and opportunity to have read. And uh, we can all go away and do some homework and report back the next week on some of the questions that, uh, that we have. But before we begin our, uh, our time... What do we normally do as Christians when we don't do anything, really? We pray. Can I have a volunteer who would like to lead us in prayer?
0: Father, we thank you for this evening to come before your word, Lord, to have the opportunity to freely assemble. And Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be amongst us and within us to guide us and to teach us. Lord, we ask these things in his glorious name. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: So I guess i'm going to ask a couple of questions to start the discussion how many books are there in the torah five Five. 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 okay um so we have genesis what happens in genesis creation okay god chooses a family what happens in exodus yeah, a big walk, Okay, no. yeah. Cecil B. DeMille, fire, lightning, all that guys, wonderful stuff. Okay, what happens in Leviticus? Best book of the Bible. Oh God, <laughs> okay, <laughs> rules and regulations, best book of the Bible. Okay, what happens in Numbers? Puts people to sleep. Okay, so what's Deuteronomy about then?
0: That's organizing the
1: law. Right, so I'll ask the question again how many books are in the Torah? 4 plus 1. 4 plus a commentary. It retells something you've already heard. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting way for the Torah, the first five books, the Pentateuch, to structure itself, is it not? Okay. What is it telling? What is it not telling? What does it leave out? What does it add? So... Uh, I guess we'll start with the next question. Okay, who wrote the book? Oh. Oh, it's oh, awesome. Okay. Okay. <laughs> from the bit at the end. Now, why didn't he not write the bit at the end? He
2: died.
1: Okay. Yeah, small problem. Okay. Um, and uh, and so somebody comes along and obviously adds a bit. Okay. Um, the where does this event take place?
0: In the plains of Moab.
1: In the plains of Moab. Okay, which is on the east side of the Jordan. Okay, for those that need a little map, it's um, so many, so far away, so put your glasses on, squint. <laughs> it's the little brown bit at the bottom, perhaps. Okay, so uh, Edom, Moab, and Amon. Obviously, the capital of Jordan is still called Amman. Am- 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 okay, Am- okay. it links, links back to that. Uh, so somewhere, over here, this, uh, this event is going to take place. I
3: think it's plain just the other side of the Jordan.
1: Right. Yeah, not too far, far, far away. So where does Moses come from?
3: Egypt. <laughs> okay,
1: so he's, he's an Egyptian. Okay. So yes, of course, he's from the tribe of the Hebrews, originally by blood. But he is uh, not raised in that culture. Mm-hmm. What culture is he raised in?
2: Egyptian. What languages does he speak? Egyptian.
1: One assumes. Okay. What do we know about Egypt?
2: Very powerful country that time.
1: Yeah, it is one of the very more powerful countries of the ancient world. What did it get its power from? In Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Ancient civilizations get their power from water because if you have water, what can you do with it? You can yes. grow food. If you can grow food, what can you do? You can feed people. If you have lots of people, what do you have? A big army. If you have a big army, you can go out to make an empire, but the first source is water. The other great empire at the time was, of course, the Mesopotamian Empire, and it was based upon what rivers? Tigers, Tigers. Tigers and Euphrates. Okay. So again, water. And so they had a, a major power source. Uh, God, in his wisdom, decides to bring his people to uh, Israel. What is one of the things that Israel lacks? River. <laughs> the river. Yeah, well, this little creek, which we call uh, the Jordan River. And it doesn't rain very often. When I first came to this country uh, in 1998, I discovered that the weather report went something like warmer. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Warmer than what? Well, Warmer than yesterday, actually. Uh, And uh, fine and sunny until further notice. Uh, We're in the rain season, and it's a a blessing when it comes. Interestingly enough, in Deuteronomy, uh, in chapter 11, Moses is going to say that uh, if you're good, if you obey my commandments, if you're moral, I'll send you water. What's the implication? If you're not good, there'll be be droughts. So your prosperity is suddenly linked to your morality. But not so with the Egyptians, not so with the Mesopotamians, not so with the Hittites. It doesn't matter how good or bad they are. They can engage in all kinds of uh, interesting things. But the Nile will still flood. And the Euphrates will still flow. But not so with with Israel. So... uh, the Egyptians, they have an empire, and uh, they expand. What do, what's famous about Egypt? Pharaoh. Pharaohs, okay. When, some, when you think about, yes, pyramids. What are the pyramids? What are they? Tombs. Yeah, tombs. Because the Egyptians were fascinated with death, right? The afterlife. And they made a huge issue about death. About dying, about preserving. They, they built these incredible structures. They engaged in mummification. They uh, painted amazing frescoes of what the afterlife looked like. They did everything, they turned death into a form of worship. Right? They basically tried to defeat death and make it uh, bigger so that everyone would remember them when they, when they died. So Moses is raised into this tradition. He's an Egyptian prince. What's Moses' death like?
0: <laughs> yeah. He
1: has,
0: no burial
3: place.
1: he has no burial place. He doesn't become a mummy. No one draws a fresco of him. He is the complete antithesis of Egypt. Raised in Egypt, uh, become a prince of Egypt, speaks the language, commanded their armies you know um uh probably even participated in their death cults but then when it's his turn he do, he says we won't do any of that there's uh there'll be no no egyptian style for me and yet who do you remember the most Moses, Moses or the pharaohs yeah
2: Moses. isn't that amazing
1: yeah. yeah i mean um the guy who did the complete opposite of what the other people were doing. We want to be remembered. We want to become powerful. We want to defeat death and and live long. Um, You don't remember them. Rarely do we even remember their names. Okay, we remember someone called Cleopatra, but that's because they made a movie about her. We know a guy called Ramses because it's a really cool name. That's pretty much it. Okay, but there were other guys. Uh, uh, And yet, but everybody knows Moses. Everybody remembers Remember yeah. Uh, they also tried uh, in 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 Egypt to make dynasties, and uh, so the son of the pharaoh rules, and his son rules. Okay. Do we have a dynasty out of Moses? In a sense. Mm-hmm. In a sense. Go for a grace. What's the sense?
0: May not be a the dynasty, perhaps, but we
1: inherit what he started, okay.
0: so we are his Spiritual dynasty. descendants. Oh, okay. yeah. But his brother had a
1: priestly yeah, His brother had one. Correct, yes. The lineage from Aaron. Um, it had If you, you, you wanted to be a priest of God, you had to come from, from Aaron, not from Moses. Does anyone know what actually happened to the descendants of Moses? What happened to his two sons? That's a good question. Anyone know? Well,
0: one of them ended up in Tel Dan.
1: Yes. Is
0: that yeah. uh, it's
1: in Judges, uh, chapter 18.
0: Yeah, one of 18. ended up um, going north with the tribe of Dan, mm-hmm. where they uh, took over a place that wasn't part of their allocation, and um, set up their own form of worship.
1: Yeah, It's in
0: uh,
1: Joshua 18. Sorry, Judges 18. Why am I in the wrong book? Okay, turn to Joshua and then go right. All right. So in Judges 18, uh, it says this. So they took, this is the Dan, the tribe of Dan. They took what Micah had made and his priest and they went to Laish against a peaceful and unsuspecting people which is in the north today, we call this uh, Tel Dan. They attacked them with the sword and they burned down their city. There was no one to rescue them because they lived a long way from Sidon and had no re- uh, relationship with anyone else. The city was in a valley near Beit Rehobah, Rehobah. So the Danites rebuilt the city and settled there. They named it Dan, after their forefather Dan who was born to Israel, though the city used to be called Laish. Then the Danites set up for themselves the idols, and Jonathan, son of Gershom, the son of Moses, and his sons were priests for the tribe of Dan until the time of the captivity of the land. They continued to use the idols Micah had made in all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. Now, isn't that interesting?
3: Um...
1: So, the, uh, the, the dynasty of Moses ends poorly, although he himself uh, does, I guess, well. He doesn't reflect the death culture that he comes from, and uh, he doesn't seek to make his name great. Uh, however, unfortunately, he doesn't also keep his house under control.
4: But he also falls short, because he never makes it to the promised land. Yeah. Yeah, so, so he, didn't he really,
1: yeah, well, he does he, he does, he goes up against Pharaoh, yeah, and he leads these, these grumbling people for, for 40 years. He intercedes for them when God wants to wipe them out, yes. and he does all these great things. Does one thing wrong, blows it, can't get into, into the land. That's very interesting in and of itself. He does not model. The corrupt pagan culture that he comes from, and uh, and and then, unfortunately, his lineage do not do well.
4: But later, he came into the promised land. He, he, he was there when Jesus was there yeah. at the Transfiguration. Right. So he yes. Was there or not? Right. In a way. Yes.
1: So. <laughs> sure. We'll give we'll give you that one. So good good point for Moses, yeah. He, he, he got here in the end. And he probably goes, Well, Elijah, you just keep talking to him, I'm gonna have a look around. <laughs> I really like the view you've got, you know? So this is what it's like, eh? Feels was the grip. Well. <laughs> who are all these sleeping Jews, you know? There
4: was a little battle after his death, you know. There was what? There was a little battle after his death
1: for his body. Yes there was. Yes. And so uh, uh, so who was arguing With Satan?
4: Michael. Michael.
1: Michael. So what was Michael doing? (laughs) Burying Moses, yes. So the uh, tradition is uh, that, well, first of all, the text says that God buries Moses. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the Second Temple period, which is where our New Testament is birthed, they began to have a look at some of the texts and they went, hang on a second, God doesn't like death. In fact, you must never let death enter God's presence. If you have touched a dead body, what must you do before going in to worship the Lord? Have a mikveh. Because God is life. So how could God touch something that was dead? So they created this idea that the archangel Michael did buried everybody. Yeah? So he becomes the grave digger. And he buries like 200 of the heroes. Okay, He buries Adam. he was burying everybody. They rewrite the whole story. And then they also say he buries Moses. Which leads to a small verse which appears in our New Testament that's reflecting this this tradition.
2: This may be maybe not true.
1: I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say that this is where the tradition came, and it's now in your Bible. But Moses needed his
2: body again when he came to Jesus. Maybe he never died. I mean, oh no, he
1: did die. The text says he, he died. died. In fact, <laughs> he says himself. He says, "Like today, I'm 120 <laughs> years old, and today I'll also die. So today is my." Birthday and my birthday present is I'm going to die.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, it, the the Hebrew Bible does not celebrate birthdays. That is a Greek invention. Okay. So we have incorporated that idea into into our tradition.
2: The, uh,
1: okay. the 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 Hebrew Bible celebrates the day you die. Not right. Not uh, and. Uh, Seems tough, that's right, yeah. If you want to get famous, you better die.
0: <laughs> and is it true that if you died on the same day of your birth, you were a great person?
1: Yes, the tradition is that the heroes of God are born and die on the same day.
0: Wasn't that the heroes of touched?
1: William Shakespeare died on his birthday. Well, okay, so we'll, yeah, we'll, let's not draw too many conclusions from that, that one. Okay. So how does Moses start his career? murderer yeah that's right yeah he's really the hero type here isn't he (laughs) yeah it it, um it's not not a really great flash start um he commits murder then what does he do
2: right right, he buries
1: the thing thinking okay i'll just hide the body okay uh unfortunately it's found out that uh somebody obviously saw yeah sins find him out um, and so what does the brave hero do? Does he face his accusers? Does he try and defend himself? He is, after all, Prince of Egypt. He can probably get away with this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, what does he do? He runs, runs.
1: Okay, so he's... Um, uh, and then when God calls him, what does he say?
0: I'm slow of
1: speech. I'm slow of speech. Um, and so I, can't, I don't know how to talk, right? You know, and yet, what is Deuteronomy.
2: That's right, it's
1: like it's the biggest speech in the Bible. So you go, hang on a second. The guy who can't talk gives the biggest monologue that the Bible actually has. Mm -hmm. And you go, what happened? Did you have a miraculous cure? Uh, uh, How did you do this? Did uh, you somewhere along the way go to university and learn how to give uh, great speeches?
3: Writing writing, and, and presenting they are two
1: different things. It's like Paul.
3: Oh, right. you know, he could write, but he couldn't talk.
1: All right, but this is a talk. That is
0: what Aaron yes. was given the job to speak for
3: on his behalf. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You've
3: got to say, Aaron, your brother, will speak.
1: Yeah, Aaron's dead.
3: He's had, he's had 40 years of practice with he's the <laughs> about
1: three yeah. million people. Aaron dies in numbers.
2: Repeat, a oh, oh like okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, this is, uh, so he
3: actually gives this speech to to the nation of Israel, like verbally, or was it just written?
1: That, that's uh, the yeah, the that's text says hard. that this is a speech. We'll read it okay. and see. Okay. Um, we get the what do we know of the name Deuteronomy? What does it mean? Why do we call Second it? law, right? Why is it called the Second Law?
0: Because it's in a sense uh, a recap of the uh, law that's already
1: there. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually a um, mistranslation from the Septuagint. So the Septuagint, you know, everyone knows what the Septuagint is, yes? No. no. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No. Okay. So yeah. this, uh, Septuagint is the Greek version of the Hebrew Bible. So in the ancient world, um, many, many uh, Jews no longer knew how to speak Hebrew. So the the Bible had been translated into A-Aramaic and on the western side to Greek. And it was also kept by people who wanted to preserve all these kind of uh, famous (coughs) texts and wonderful pieces of wisdom. And uh, so we have Septuagint Greek. So at the time of Jesus, most people did not read the Bible in Hebrew. Okay? They, they would be reading it in the East in Aramaic and they would be reading it in Greek in the West and nowhere in the Gospels does Jesus walk around and say you better get your language fixed up. Okay? You better better read Hebrew. Okay? We've Unfortunately, uh, we spend a lot of time running around trying to make sure we're all reading the King James only version. Is that right? Or okay. well, we should stop doing that. Okay. It doesn't matter. The, the Greek... Uh, version of the bible is a little bit bigger it has extra books in it sometimes those books are even bigger Uh, and uh, for example the book of hebrews when it quotes the new testament only quotes septuagint greek and so when the book of hebrews quotes isaiah it actually quotes a verse that's not in your isaiah it's quoting a verse that's in greek isaiah not in hebrew isaiah Okay. which means nothing other than it's quoting a book that's in a, a, the Greek version. That's all you need to, to worry about. The the, new te- the the Septuagint translated the following verse when it was uh, in Deuteronomy 17. It says... I'm um, oh, sorry, it's Deuteronomy 17, verse 18. Okay? Uh, when the king will sit on his throne, Vakatavlo uh, et he will write for himself Mishnah Hatorah Hazot Al Sefer Melifnaya He will write the Mishnah Torah, Hazot, this Mishnah Torah, on a book in front of the Kohanim and the Levi'im. Okay, this is uh, gonna be one of the commands that Deuteronomy gives the king. First thing the king will do is he'll sit on a throne and he will write out something. He will write out the Mishnah Torah, uh, whatever this that is, and Deuteronomy translated that uh, Septuagint translated that as Deuteronomos. They translated Mishnah as in Sheni, two, second. But Mishnah can also be. What else can I... it be? Could be a repetition. Correct. It could be. So I'm not 100% sure what this means. And so the the uh, the idea is that he would write out this book. He would write out Deuteronomy. The other option is if he's writing out a repetition, he might out might write out uh, the whole Torah. Um, but uh, because of that translation of Mishnah Torah, we get the, the idea of second law, which has now come into our understanding of the text. But I'm going to sh- say that as we go through Deuteronomy, we're going to discover some things that are not there in the original, in the, in the first four books, and there's going to be bits that he leaves out. And that is going to be interesting. What will be interesting is, why is Moses not saying this? Why is Moses deliberately adding these these sentences? An example. In, In Leviticus, it will say that God is sitting between the cherubim, the klovim. Sitting on the kaporat. And when you go in, he's looking at you. But Moses will say, when you go in, say the following prayer. Look down from heaven. Don't look at me from the parochet, look at me from heaven. Why does he change it? Why does he put God in heaven and not in front of you? So, these kinds of questions we should ask. We should ask, why is he saying the things that he is saying? Who is he actually talking to? Here is the man who doesn't know how to speak, suddenly speaking really well. Who is he talking to?
2: He's talking to God.
1: No, who's Moses addressing when he's giving his mission? The people. people of Israel. Oh, yeah, they Woo, there they are on the plains of Moab. There's a heck of a lot of them. Um, when the children of Israel go into the land, uh, into Canaan, what's the first thing they do? Yeah. Did you hear what he just said? Yeah. No. They, okay. The first thing the children of Israel do when they cross the Jordan, circumcise themselves. Which means, what are they not? They're not circumcised when Moses is talking to them. Notice, in the book of Deuteronomy, he never says, "Uh, circumcise yourselves. What he says is, circumcise your hearts. So as we go through the text... I want to... This is why I'm working on the the background right now, is to say, who are we talking to? Why are we talking to them in this way? What is not being said and what is being said? Uh And suddenly we begin to see what we think Moses is trying to say in his comment on the Torah. Okay? Because all through the Deuteronomy, he's going to talk about the heart like you've never believed. Write these laws where? On your heart. He could have easily said, dudes! You know... Drop your dax. okay? Get out the flint knives, okay? We might as well get this done before we do the whole Jordan fight Jericho thing, as opposed to, let's go into Canaan and incapacitate ourselves. Mm. That sounds like a brilliant battle plan, doesn't it? Okay, let's walk up to Jericho and go, woohoo! <laughs> yep, that'll scare them, okay? And the people in Jericho are going, wow, these guys are nuts, I'm not going out there, okay? They're gonna march around the walls, they're gonna come down or something like that, okay? Perfect opportunity to go fight them. They're not going to run away. <laughs> Enough already. <laughs> so it is, it is an interesting uh, book. The man who doesn't know how to talk, talks. He doesn't say everything verbatim. In fact, he will make changes. And those changes are... Uh, deliberate obviously this is in uh, in Jewish thought we call this the Holy Bible right what do Jewish people call it Torah Torah, yes but what do they call the Uh, divine uh, divine language right God is speaking and when God speaks the things he says are important and so are the things he doesn't say the things that are not listed are sometimes just as important And it's not normally our way of approaching the text to have a look at the Bible and go, oh, now why is that not being said? Sometimes that's where the best learning comes in. Now, again, I'm not going to even remotely pretend to know that I have all the answers, other than I love my Bible as much as you guys do, and I want to wrestle with some of the issues that are there, and uh, I want to learn, and I want to see what God is speaking to us, especially through a man who can't talk. But yet does. All right. Um, so if the, uh, if the children of Israel have been wandering around the desert for uh, about 40 years by now, okay, 38 years kind of wandering in various directions, um, and they haven't been circumcised, what have those priests been teaching them? Snagging. Okay, so the children of Israel have received the Torah when? At Mount Sinai. Okay, great. All right, so God's come down and He's spoken and we've learned a whole bunch of stuff. We've had 38 years to put this into practice. Yet, that is not what we seem seem to have had them do. Mm-hmm. So when the, what's the, one of the other things that the children of Israel do when they cross into uh, Jordan into, sorry, they crossed the Jordan into Canaan. It says, uh, Joshua chapter 5, On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover, the day After the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. That year they ate the produce of Canaan. So they um, were celebrating Passover. And uh, we discover that was one of the things that they didn't do when they were in the desert. They didn't circumcise. They didn't celebrate Passover. So what were they doing? What were these priests teaching them? We don't know. But it does lead us some very interesting questions. And uh, I don't have the answers. Other than to say, it's gonna be a very interesting talk by Moses right now. He's got some very interesting people standing in front of him. Okay? Who are these these people that are standing in front of him? These are the- They're the refugees, yeah. the ones who are standing before him, were they in Egypt? No. no. Most of them not. Most of them are the ones born in the desert. These are the nomads. These are a new, a new generation, a new breed of people. Okay? The old, all the stuff that are from Egypt has, uh, has gone away. Plus, who else came out of Egypt with Israel? The Hebrew people. The extra people. The extra people. Yeah, where the extra people come from?
2: From Egypt. Oh, obviously. <laughs> Egyptians.
1: Yeah. And uh, now why would Egyptians follow up a bunch of Hebrew slaves out of uh, Egypt? Because they believed that God was
3: with them.
1: They certainly did. Mm-hmm. Because at Passover, we were given a command. It says, you better put some blood on your doorpost. Mm-hmm. And anyone inside that house is going to be saved. So if you know that if you put blood on, the, on your doorpost and anyone inside your house will be saved from the angel of death who is coming, what will you do?
0: Okay.
2: You'll, you'll get in the
1: house. What else will you do?
0: And suggest to your friends as well, come, come in the house. All the blood
1: yes, the so you'll go to your mates. And it won't just be Jews. Who else will it be? Egyptians. So you had these Israelites walk up to Egyptians and say, Hey, listen, uh, I know you don't like me. And to be honest, I don't like you very much either. But you really need to come to my house for dinner. We're having lamb. Okay? And uh, bring your family. And in the morning, when the angel had done his work, and if an Israelite had not put the blood on his doorpost, what happened to him? Yes. And so, but suddenly some of those Egyptians looked around and went, wow, uh, I've, I've persecuted you and I, I bullied you, but yet you loved me so much you would save my family. Who are you people?
2: I'm
1: coming with you. I, I can't stay here. My gods would never have told me to do this. Okay, this sort of uh, great, great, uh, the idea of compassion, even for your enemies. Okay, love your enemies and it will reap up. Coals of shame on them, and uh, and they came, and uh, and so this this multitude comes. So standing before Moses are a bunch of uh, Hebrews and some Egyptians. No one circumcised. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> Egypt circumcises. Okay, so uh, but in the desert, no one did. So you end up with a lot of uncircumcised people standing in front uh, of 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 Moses.
3: But after 40 years, even the Egyptians that had been circumcised would be gone. Right. <clears throat> so nobody was.
1: Nobody was. Yep. All right. So, any questions on uh, just a little background on our. No there's, uh, <laughs> no, there's some introduction. Okay. So, everybody actually ready? No one wants to run out screaming? No? We just were at the city of David. And yes. So,
2: also there was a synagogue with the Greek inscriptions,
1: so it was, the West was also here in this, The West was here? Yes, 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 absolutely, in the Second Temple period, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Alexander the Great arrived in, uh, when did he get here, 332? Yeah. yeah, he, he didn't uh, bring Greek with him, he found Greek here. So Greek was already was already alive and well in the Middle East. Uh, merchants, it was a great language for commerce. If you want to make some money, go learn Greek, uh, and you'd be able to sell to anybody. And and so the, the little colonies were, were everywhere. Which also meant that uh, Jews coming to Jerusalem, uh, if they only spoke Greek, you would form little little communities and enclaves. Which is actually still what you see in, in around uh, the old city here. Um, the more I'm here, the more I'm, I discover that... Uh, uh, Everybody knows exactly who they are and where they're from, and if you don't know, someone will come and tell you very soon. So uh, I I went and visited um, the Greek Catholics. uh, Have you heard of these guys before? I'd never been in their church before. These are Orthodox Greek Orthodox who adopted Catholicism. So the Melkites, Melkites. yes, Melkites, and. uh, which is, and the guy that I was talking to, the bishop, he told me that he was an Egyptian. Wow. So he's an Egyptian in charge of uh, a Greek Catholic church, wow. mainly filled with Arabs.
2: Wow.
1: Um, and so I spoke to him quite politely. It was a wonderful little tour. Then I, as we left, I had an Arab friend who was, who escorted me there. I asked him and said, "So, tell me honestly, how how do the locals feel about their Egyptian bishop?" It was not a pleasant conversation thereafter. Okay. So uh, everybody knows where they come from, and uh, they know their communities, and uh, yep. Yeah, so you would have you would have these little enclaves all around uh, Israel, and you see them in archaeology.
2: I have just one kind of related question. Sure. Uh, so
1: the uh, the Catholic Bible actually is uh, translated from the Septuagint, right? Uh, the uh, part of it. The uh, no, actually. The Old Testament. Translated, translated from, from Hebrew. From Hebrew. By <laughs> Jerome. Yeah. So what uh, happened? He yep.
4: translated directly from the Hebrew, not so, from the Greek. Correct, and that was
1: his big uh, his big fame. He lived in Bethlehem. Yes, you go underneath to the uh, so chapel of St. Jerome. So, uh, the, the, you know, the translation of St. Jerome, uh, comes from Jerome. So, uh, initially, the church read Greek Bible. Right. So, we read Koine Greek, New Testament, and we read Septuagint Greek for Old Testament. Old, Koine, same, same
3: language.
1: Yeah, so we, we, that's, that was our Bible. And then when Jerome, in the year 386... He wanted to translate it into latin which was like english today okay is what everybody was uh so it's actually a good thing to translate the bible into latin so that everybody could actually read it so he came along and mm-hmm. said no we really should get back to the hebrew and uh augustine that famous guy who wrote city of joy wrote him some nasty letters saying please don't do that you'll confuse the pants of all of us mm-hmm. uh, because it's slightly different and so the latin Vulgate is actually quite a nice translation
2: and so today, today there is no Bible on um, commerce
1: that comes from the Septuagint directly.
3: The, the whole Greek
1: Bible today is still the Septuagint. It's the same Bible. Yeah. So the Greek. Orthodox? Correct. Orthodox Orthodox? So those not read Septuagint. Ah,
3: okay.
2: Yeah.
1: So they'll be reading, they've been reading it since, it, the, it, the version is like 2,200 years old. Very old version of Bible. So pretty amazing stuff. But the King James and and, and also the Bible was translated from the Masoretic text. From yes. The so yes. Everybody since Jerome, the the Western Church, has been focusing mainly on Hebrew texts, to uh, for our translations. It's
3: only from the Reformation. The yep. first English translation was actually from Latin by John Wycliffe.
1: Right. So yeah. So Hebrew to Latin to English. So. but the Hebrew text of Jerome was not there anymore. No, we still have those Hebrew texts. But they're out. They're out. It's the Masoretic text. Yes. Yep. And
0: this is where the, the Dead Sea Scrolls helped a great
1: deal. Yes. Very much so. Uh, any questions on Deuteronomy? Any questions on Moses?
0: Okay. We know where he's buried. You can, when you drive down from Jerusalem to down <laughs> to, um, you, can, you can pass a place called, oh, the Tomb of Moses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Isn't that awesome? <laughs> some people feel the need to invent these
1: things. Invent these things, things. things yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm um, sure you can buy some ice creams and pay a fee to go in it? and <laughs> It's <laughs> so. very smelly, don't Oh, okay. All right. No, I haven't been. Yeah. <laughs> well, nice. a, I there is a, to... a question
4: that's well Why did Satan want to buy
1: that's a really good question. Yes. Yeah. What was he going to do with it? He said, I better stop this guy coming back and talking to Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I think
0: he didn't want to, because he knew, you know, Moses had so much um, knowledge and he could share about God and what God did for His people. And if if everybody knew where Moses was buried, that could have directed attention there. So Satan rather had him disappear, because then would they. All the stories and everything else was hopefully also going to disappear. I don't know. No, I think because uh, people will be worshipped to mm-hmm. Moses. Israel, uh,
2: because he's they hero. They're worshiping now. I mean that events will be or They will be just worshiping to his point. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe wow. that was his his yeah. in- intention. Not sure. There are
4: people always looking for something to worship.
1: All right, let's read the first uh, eight verses of Deuteronomy and see where we go. On the eight? Yeah, there's uh, actually a lot there. Okay. <laughs> let's let's see. If we get if we get through those eight, we can mm-hmm. keep working. Okay. Um. So, how many years have you devoted to how many years am I devoted to your own? Well, How many how long did it take us to do acts? Anyone remember? A year. A year. Is that we took a year to do oh my god.
0: Yes,
1: so we... <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How many weeks have you got left? Three. Okay, let's <laughs> let's, 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 let's rush.
2: Awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. all right, these are the words Moses spoke to all Israel in the desert east of the Jordan. That is in the Arava, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophal, Lavan, uh, Chazarot, and uh, Diz'Aqaba. It is 11 days' journey from Borah by the way of Mount Seir
2: Ziy- Ziy- to Kadesh Bania. In the 40th year,
3: and
0: the first day of the 11th month, Moses proclaimed to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. After he had smitten Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who dwelt
2: in Hishbon, and all the king of Bashan, who dwelt in Ashtaroth, Edrei.
0: Beyond the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses undertook to explain this law, saying, Adonai, our God, spoke to us at Horeb, saying, You have stayed long enough at this mountain.
4: Turn and take a journey and go to the mountain of the uh, Amorites, uh, to all the neighboring places in the plain and in the mountain and in the lowlands, in the south and on the south coast, uh, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates.
0: Look, I'm giving you all of this land to you. Go in and occupy it. For it is the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all their descendants.
1: Alrighty. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. These are the words, okay? Ha'ele These are the... And this is where we get, in Hebrew, the actual name of the book. Okay? The words. The, the devarim. Or the things stuff mm-hmm. that Moses spoke to all Israel in the desert east of the Jordan, that is in the Arava. Okay. And then you get this quite an interesting little uh, description as to exactly where that is. Okay. Opposite Suf, between Paran, Tafal, Levan, okay, Hazaroth and Disahab. Okay. And then you get this very interesting another little piece of time <coughs> to put you in a place. It takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh-Barnea by Mount Sinai by the way of Mount Sinai or the Sinai road what's Mount Horeb Mount Sinai
0: Mount Sinai
1: so what's the question
0: <clears throat> they spent 38 years doing something they could have done in 11 days
1: yes <laughs> okay I mean oh my gosh <laughs> alright it's an 11 day journey from Kadesh Barnea to Mount Sinai so where's Mount Sinai well obviously it's 11 days away from Kadesh Barnea okay so it's in Arabia and so where's Arabia well that, that area is Arabia. yeah and so where does Paul go when he has his uh, Damascus experience.
0: He goes into Arabia, but I think at those days they considered a desert extending north, and other words, de- the desert east of Damascus to also be called Arabia. Okay.
1: So why does he have to write that he goes to Arabia? What's... He was alluding
0: to this idea of, yeah, going back to the original sort. Yeah.
1: In fact, what does Paul say about his own apostleship? Because he never actually studied with Jesus, except in Galatians, he says he did.
4: So he got it from God.
1: Correct. Now, where does God speak? In the Midbar. He goes to Arava. What's in the Arava? Horeb. What happened to Horeb? God spoke. So how does Paul defend himself in his apostleship? He says, I went to exactly the same spot that God spoke to everybody else. I've been talking to God. You have to listen to me. So he gives you, he can't say, I've been traveling with Jesus for the last uh, three and a half years, so you better listen to me. It's, uh, no, I, but I've done something special. And he has that, and he only gives it, the book of Galatians, it's the only time he gives that little bit of uh, biography. The rest of the time, he's just talking, it straight, off, you know, the grace and peace and love of God, and then straight into it. But uh, in Galatians, he gives you that little bit of background to show you that he proves to you of his apostleship. Why call Mount Sinai Horeb? Why not call it Mount Sinai? Horeb oh, means
0: dryness in Hebrew.
1: It does, isn't it? It's also the root word for? What's harav also the root word for? Destruction. Yeah. Sword, ruin, destruction, dryness. It's like, wow, okay. What does Sinai uh, mean? Sinai. Named after the
0: god Sin.
1: Yeah, it's named after, it's not even a Hebrew word at all. It's like Zion. Zion's not a Hebrew word. It's a Hittite word. Okay? Mm. They um, they find these words in in where they go and then they just adopt them. Mm. Okay, like everybody does that actually. Mm. What do you call this place? Okay, it's named this, and so I'll call it that too.
2: Okay?
1: Nothing wrong with that. It's got a good name, keep it. We not have to change it. But for some reason, the uh, Deuteronomy wants to change the the name Sinai and not call it Sinai but to call it uh, the mountain of, of, of Horeb, which is, a, I don't know why. You got any idea? Anyone got any idea? It's, it's known as the, as the place, because even Elijah shows up there in 1 Kings. He goes to Horeb, the mountain of God. Okay, so Horeb is the mountain of God. Now, if the Bible says it's Horeb, the mountain of God, why do we all call calling it calling Mount Sinai? Any idea? Don't worry, I have no idea either. <laughs> but we do, don't we? We call it Mount Sinai, and yet when we get to this big speech of Moses, he calls it Horeb. When you get into the Second Temple period, they stop calling it Horeb, and they start calling it... Mount Sinai. And when you get to the New Testament, never calls it Horeb. I can't I don't know why. There just seems to be a change. But at the time of the Exodus, it seemed fine to, to identify the mountain as the mountain <laughs> of God as Horeb. Okay? Uh, which is an interesting uh, thing. The, the idea that there are two mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Horeb, and why are they called the same thing, uh, un- led some Christian commentators, particularly during the Reformation, when we started interpreting the Bible to everybody, because everybody had a Bible, and started noticing all these problems. Uh, so, uh, Calvin, John Calvin, everyone heard of him?
3: Yeah.
1: Yep, John Calvin decided that um, uh, one side of the mountain was called Sinai, and the other side was called Mount Horeb. <laughs> okay. Okay? you're like oh my gosh okay but that's okay because the Talmud does exactly the same thing it says the actual mountain had two tops one called Sinai and the other called Horeb okay and people sort of Moses sort of just went from one to the other you know so he had to keep himself fit so. and, uh, God's like, okay, I'm going to talk to you on this side uh, but but you blew you blew it the first time so I'll meet you on this on the other side okay and we'll do we'll do a, a round two for you okay no clue just it just is and the but the actual root is a very interesting root word, okay. Uh, ruin, sword, destruction, okay. All right, not quite sure why. Sinai
0: comes at once in Deuteronomy in chapter 33. 33.
1: Towards the end, is it, yeah, yeah. okay. Interesting, chapter
0: 33 verse 2 says, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned from Syria upon us, he shone forth from Mount Paran, he came from the ten thousands of holy ones with flaming fire at his right hand. Whoa,
1: that's pretty powerful. Heavy duty stuff. Heavy duty mm-hmm. stuff.
3: Yeah. In Arabic, actually, the word uh, for war is har. So, um, yeah, har. yes. Yeah, so,
1: is it? Interesting. Yeah. So the, the same root. It's the same root, yep. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And those are, yeah. Oh, it would probably be the same in Aramaic as well. But that's interesting. Yeah. That, that's, and that's the name. Everybody's happy to give it. And God is happy to come down on a mountain called that. Have you noticed that? Okay, as opposed to God looking around going right um, thinking of coming down and uh, giving my Torah wouldn't mind if I could find a, a mountain called uh, paradise or something like that. that would be really nice okay Any one of those around here you know or perhaps an Eden you know uh, no I'll, I'll pick the one called destruction and and and, uh, and and death what do you think guys good idea the angels like yes boss <laughs> yep absolutely whatever you say so. It, uh, it takes 11 days to go from Horeb to Kadesh Banea. So Mount Sinai really isn't that far away, is it? They're not in Kadesh Banea,
3: they've come a long ways from
1: there. Correct, correct, But So Kadesh Banea is where? Does anyone know where that is? I have a great
0: line
1: here. Yeah. Anyone see here? Okay. Uh, where is it? Yeah. Kadesh Bona. That's it, yeah. Yep, that's, that's it. it. It's here. So, so 11 days journey somewhere over here is uh, is Mount Sinai or Mount Horeb. So, um, so this is Midian down there, where Saudi Arabia is today. So the Saudis reckon it's down here somewhere. Actually, no, they don't say that. But um, some other people do say that. The Saudis have kind of got it all blocked off, so we can't actually go and have a look. Um, some people say it's over here somewhere, and they built a monastery on it, uh, but it's most likely not it. Though it's a very nice place to visit. Everybody does want to go to Mount Sinai and have a little hike up and and see the uh, sunrise with they the. You have a bush. <laughs> yeah, which they conveniently light on fire for you. No, no, <laughs> no, no <laughs> but yeah, they. Yeah.
3: Just,
1: uh, have you done it? Been there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it? Did you like it? Yeah. So m- nearly everybody that I know who's done it says it was a very moving experience, yeah. even though most likely wasn't the place.
2: Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> uh, yes,
1: that's right. And uh, and so the idea of having a pilgrimage hike and seeing the sunrise and it's very very powerful. Um, but that is actually one of the the whole purposes of a pilgrimage, right? Even if it's not true, actually becomes irrelevant, and the actual journey becomes the bit that's actually even more more important okay so uh uh, uh, on the 14th day on the first day of the 11th month so in the 40th year sorry in the 40th year on the first day of the 11th month so we're in the end of uh the 40 year wandering uh towards the end moses gets to speak to all the israelites all that the lord had commanded concerning them uh, okay. What do you think about that sentence? I
0: mean,
1: it's going to take more than a few hours to do
0: that. It's going to take
1: more than a few hours. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <there's> several days. <coughs> and with a better, and remarkable, powerful voice, yes. to speak to a whole children of Israel. Without the microphone. sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, all right. So the the l- acoustics aside. Okay. What does the text say he's going to do? He's going to tell what
0: for,
1: all. What's he actually going to do? He's not going to say all. Because if he did say all, he would just be repeating Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers. But that's not what he does. He is going to take Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers and he is going to make a comment about it. Because if he was going to say, all that the Lord had said, you would just say, uh, allow me to repeat uh, the following, following uh, chapters. Everyone, please sit down. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay? But that's not what you're going to get. You're not going to get uh, a lengthy description about Leviticus in Deuteronomy. You're not going to get uh, that, that kind of comment. You'll get very little um, You'll have this discussion in Deuteronomy about when you go into the land and you want to have a king. And then nowhere in Deuteronomy will it say you have to obey the king. (laughs) Nowhere. It'll say you have to obey God. But it'll never say you have to obey a king. In fact, the king will only be given one commandment. What is the one command that a king has in the Bible?
0: Don't have lots of wives. (laughs) (laughs) Serve serve the Lord.
1: It says, write out the Bible. It says, he won't do this, he won't do that, but this is the thing he will do. He will write out the Bible. Okay? And uh, you go, well, that is an interesting view on kingship. Considering where Moses has just come from. He's come from a, a place where kings are gods. Kings rule by divine right. Kings make all the laws. They pass all the taxes. But what what Moses is going to get his king to do is he's going to say, you will get together in front of the Levites and the priests and you will write out the Bible in front of them. And uh, They're not going to write it out for you. You're not going to do any of the taxing. You're not even going to do any of the sacrificing. You're not even going to do any of the war. In fact, when it comes time to do war, you'll appoint yourself a Ramat Kal. You'll get yourself another dude. Um... So who was King David's uh, Ramat uh, Who was... Yoav. Yeah, Yoav. Okay, he does all the fighting. Okay, David's staying home, getting into Jobbuk. <laughs> so it's interesting. So Moses proclaims to, Israel, to the Israelites all that the Lord had commanded him concerning them. This was after, and then you get this little, uh, little anecdote of time. Um, this was after we have to bash a few guys up. So first of all, we have to defeat two dudes. We defeat Sihon, king of the Amorim, the Amorites, who reigned in Heshvan, at, uh, at Edri, and also defeated Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in uh, Ashteroth. And later on in Deuteronomy, you'll get quite lengthy, in chapter 2 and 3, lengthy discussions on, uh, on the defeats of those kings. Um, when we get to them, we will uh, examine the reason... Uh, why they do that? What do you know about this?
3: Yeah, Aaron, when it says to all Israel, you might mention too that this is a pretty young audience, a lot younger than we are in this room, because there's only three people who are over forty, right. um, Moses and a couple other people, and everybody's young. Yeah. that's an
1: interesting crowd, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd never thought of that. Yeah, he's got a young crowd. He's got a mixed crowd. None of them are circumcised. We have no idea what the priests have been teaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and they've all seen miracles. The people standing in front of him have all seen... What are the miracles these guys have seen? Manna. If,
0: if, day, 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 uh, if it happens every day, you kind of think it's not a miracle. I mean, if, if that's every day of the life you've lived, it seems
1: like routine. Everybody here on Neville just said?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. If a miracle happens all the time, what ends up happening to the miracle?
2: It's normal. It's normal. It's normal.
1: Yeah. I find the same occurrence with people who uh, tell me that the Holy Spirit speaks to them essentially every day. It becomes so common, it becomes common. It stops becoming wonderful stops becoming special, stops becoming unique. And perhaps that was one of the reasons why in the book of Acts, large chapters didn't stop mentioning the Holy Spirit, because we didn't want to make him too common. Okay. That doesn't say he wasn't there. That doesn't say he didn't do anything. It says the text was very deliberate not to, not, not to quote it. But yeah, these, the, these people, these younglings, well, yeah, they've traveled around the desert. What happened to their clothes? Or well, what didn't happen to their clothes? In, in, in no,
0: no, no. No.
1: I mean, you, that, what, what sort of idea have they got about clothing? It doesn't wear, it doesn't wear out. I mean, you, you no know one shops for clothing, okay? <laughs> yeah, There's absolutely no point. You know, sort of where well, you invaded these people and they had these big shops full of clothing. What was with that? You know? I mean, it just doesn't wear out. And um,
4: also,
2: they must have had access to new clothing because I couldn't fit into the clothing that I was <laughs>
1: 20. <laughs> that is a very, very good point. Okay, that's extremely, yes. Somewhere along the line, somebody had to make some clothing. And uh, yeah. Even though Hyatt has two complaints about me, one is that I wear
0: old clothes all the time and the
1: other one is that I get back all
0: the time. <laughs> 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 okay. well, they need to from child to
2: adulthood.
1: Yeah, child to yeah, adulthood. Sacrifices. Yeah, they would have uh, so they would have had to have made some clothes.
2: Well, yeah. Recycling. I think they're recycling.
1: Yeah, he kept handing it down. Yeah, it's as good as new. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Don't you call this Yad Shaney? This is not secondhand here, not here. They probably
2: lost weight from eating bread and not meat.
1: But the thing is, they had meat.
2: Yeah, pheasant
3: and pheasant.
1: Not just pheasant. When they came out of Egypt, what did they come out with? Oh. Oh. Clothes and uh, silver cloth. and sheep and goats. Correct. Mm-hmm. But it says it lists they came out with cattle and, and and goats and sheep and flocks and they had all this stuff. In fact, they when they crossed the Jordan, they're going to make a whole bunch of sacrifices of this stuff. They they brought jewelry too. They brought jewelry. They were loaded.
4: And clothes, as it says, from Egypt.
1: Yeah. Woman. yeah,
0: and oh, we Manasseh just, had so many cattle that they needed to have the grassland in the, in yes, the land. Yes,
1: when it comes time to, um, to d- divide up the land, Manasseh and, and that will say, we need this place for our flocks. Yes. Okay, well, if you've got all these cows, why do you need this stuff on the ground to keep eating them? He's like, I don't know. There are some very interesting parts of the Bible where you scratch your head and you go, I wonder why that is. Maybe <laughs> God really is a vegetarian. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's like, you know, cows are wonderful, but don't eat them. Okay. Just they, they, they just just sacrifice them, yeah, and then you can eat them. I, I, I can't tell you, I don't know, but all we do know is that the text tells us that they had manna and they had manna until the day they they crossed the Jordan and uh, circumcised themselves, and they had quails, yes. So they had uh, that as well. Yeah, they weren't no, they were not vegetarians. Um, so here we got a community that's seen, seen miracles. And perhaps, as Neville says, and I might agree here, perhaps they've seen too many, mm. and uh, and so suddenly the miraculous is no longer miraculous. Mm. It became just like, well, just what happened? It was commonplace, wasn't it? Yeah, it becomes so commonplace. You know, you know God's angry water well, weaker manna keeps coming. This
0: says a physical. <clears throat> so their legs, and their feet didn't swell up at all. So they, physically, they must have
1: been quite strong. No idea. <laughs>
0: That's oh, what it says
1: then. They feed the soil at all. See,
3: there you go. <laughs>
1: Shoes, <laughs> Shoes, <and wear> <laughs> Shoes didn't wear on. Partly the <laughs>
0: dryness of <in> the place, <laughs> I would have thought, but that doesn't account for everything.
1: Does anyone know any information of these guys, si- Sihon and Og? Uh, Why they're mentioned here?
0: Well, mentioned they got in the way.
1: They got in the way. And were dealt with. They're bad guys.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, they've yeah. already been defeated since, you know, when he gave this, so yeah. they know about this. Yeah. Amalek's been, been done in, okay, and uh, Sihon and, uh, and Og. Um, what's going to be interesting in chapter 3, it'll tell us that Og is a descendant of uh, the Nephilim. O- mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you go, what? It's just one, it's just a... One of those lines that just okay, yeah, you didn't, didn't kind of mention that in the Torah, but but um, Moses decides to tell you that now and says, oh, by the way, he's one of these guys, one of the giants. Rephaim. Yes, the Anakim, the Rephaim, the 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 ones that appear in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you get to Jewish commentaries on on Deuteronomy, they uh, they want to know where the heck Og came from. How did he get there? Because what happened? When did the giants appear? Oh. Genesis six, <coughs> okay. And uh, but God didn't God wipe them all out? Well, I don't think so. Either that, or they are really good swimmers. Oh. Okay. Um, and what has Og been doing for 150 days? Treading water. Uh, but
3: um, and all his family that from the as well. Yeah. would call a mutant?
1: A mutant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have no idea how he uh, how that gene pool uh, survives the flood. Perhaps there was a sec another rebellion um, that we're not told about. Uh, it's it's certainly not mentioned in Jubilees or Enoch. They don't talk about that rebellion. So it ends up that uh, late Jew- late Jewish commentaries um, say that Og snuck on the ark. <laughs> So, has anyone seen the movie Noah? Yes. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> the one that had Russell Crowe in it, the one that, that made lots of money but no one liked <laughs> yeah. I liked it, okay? Because it's actually, it's Enoch Noah and, and it uses a lot of these traditions and it has um, these guys sneak onto the ark. Okay, this, these, those stories that... Um, uh, they snuck on there and they made a deal with Noah and uh, they, they somehow survived the flight only to get knocked off later. Right? Um, I don't put much stock in that however uh, it is interesting that when Jewish people also read this text they come across some of these issues and they go hang on a second where does this guy come from and how, why does the text tell us he's one of these people and where does that, where does that issue uh, appear. But here at the beginning of the text when Moses is standing up to speak, we make sure that we tell everybody we've got rid of these guys. Why do you think that was important to say? If we can defeat those two kingdoms, we can defeat the others when we cross Perhaps. I mean, he goes, you remember how big these guys were? You remember how powerful these guys were? The whole world knew these guys and we beat them. Plus, we've all seen miracles. We've all been seeing miracles for the last forty years, and uh, and and despite seeing a miracle, what is something that the children of Israel just can't do? Can't take the land, right? Well, they've, they've, they saw the they saw God doing miracles at the Red Sea. Yes, they saw the darkness. They saw the death of the firstborn. They saw the plagues. They saw all of that, and yet. As soon as we get to Israel, it's like, oh no, these guys are too big. You scratch your head and you go, are you kidding? Like, what does it take? And then later on, we end up with the battles of Amalek and Sihon and Og, and we get rid of them too. And, uh, and finally, for some reason, um, the children of Israel appear to be ready to, to actually engage in, in battle. Uh, and so for, for Moses' big pep talk he he starts so before i start talking about the law i just want to rem- make a few words of mention you remember those big giants we got them okay mm-hmm. so our scorecard's looking pretty good um, so they are in the east of the jordan in the territory of moab uh, anything that you know about moab
3: they,
1: um, related they're, yeah, they're related. In fact, they're all related still at this stage.
2: Once, right,
4: right. Once scattered.
1: Yeah. Because the, the, mm-hmm. the way from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea is via what mountain? The text says. Seir. 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 Who lives at Mount Seir? Edomites. Edom. Yes, Esau. Okay, Isor. and who's that? It's a cousin. Right, kin live there. Right, this is this is kin. Uh, in fact, when uh, we sell, we sell Joseph into slavery, who's the guy who ends up buying him, or initially the, the Midianites, Ishmaelites, or the
2: Ishmaelites. Right?
1: and so Ishmael and Isaac still talking to each other. Right? They, you know, there's Isaac's little tribe and there's Ishmael's little tribe. And they say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. How's dad? Dad's doing great. Yeah. Uh, what you doing? Got a brother I'd like to sell you. Anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> so perhaps it's not the best of relationships, but it's still a relationship. And, uh, and again, also, they deliberately point out that uh, we know where, where Esau lives. And uh, when Jacob and Esau meet... What does Jacob think Esau is going to do to him?
2: Kill him.
1: What actually really happens?
2: They embrace it. Yeah,
1: and uh, I've seen some very nice art on that, where um, you have Jacob and Esau embracing, and the way the artist did is you can't tell where Esau starts and Jacob ends. Like they they sort of meld into into one because they're they're brothers and they weren't going to kill each other, although they thought that they were. Uh, which is interesting, isn't it? Mm. Okay. My brother's coming. He's coming to kill me. Well, how do you know? I just think so. <laughs> well,
3: he had good reason to believe it. it. When he left, he thought he, he said
1: he was going. He got it going to. to. Yeah. does he yeah. not heard otherwise. No. Yeah. So what was his? Um, what was uh, Jacob's? Uh, how did he prepare to meet his, his uh, brother? You wrestled with yeah. an angel. Yeah. What? Wrestles with an angel, send presents. sends presents. Okay, what else? Everybody else. Yeah, that's <laughs> what. the women and the children. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, okay, he, he he um he he presents gifts. Okay, uh, he does his best to uh, send messengers, and uh, and he prays. And so in the. Um, uh, Jewish commentaries, they say, this is how you deal with uh, what you think is an enemy. These are the three things you do before you go to war. You send him some gifts, you send him some messages, and you pray. And then you go to war. (laughs) Because you just might be that those first three things might stop the the bloodshed. That's an interesting little little comment. But here, the idea of we know where Esau is, and, and he's in the middle okay between our mountain and this place called Kadesh Barnea uh, anyone know what happened to Kadesh Barnea the yeah the spies send out the yeah so um, and, uh, and and in between that is is the is is Esau and his team so Moses begins to Okay. What does people What do people's verses have for five? Okay. East of the Jordan, and the territory of Moab, Moses begin to
2: explain,
1: declare. To, it says explain,
2: explain. 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 Moses begins to explain
3: the law. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Greek text
1: says to make clear the law.
3: He
2: used
1: the word to make clear. Okay. It's the word is the um, in Hebrew. What do you think of that one? Um. Uh, all right. Uh,
3: it's accepted
1: right. as uh, to comment on or to give commentary. Also means to burn. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. else is a is a or or same word? Bob. is an ignorant person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that, yeah, it can be to explain. He explains, he digs, because uh, a bear is also a well. Oh, that's
3: with an aleph.
1: Yeah, is it? With an aleph? This is with an aleph. Is it? Yep, it's with an aleph. It's, um, it's, a, yep. it's, a, it's a, to dig deep into the law like a well. Okay. And uh, so one verse says he's going to explain all the law, and the other one says, well, he kind of digs deep. He's not just going to say it. He's actually going to give you your first uh, commentary on the Bible. The Lord our God said to us at Horeb. So this is where, uh, not at Sinai. (coughs) You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorim. Go to all the neighboring peoples in the Arava in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites, and to the Lebanon, as far as the great river the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. So what is the first part of the pep talk? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah why are you still hanging around here so,
1: off you go quick before the clothes wear out okay. um, what are they what are they supposed to do Take possession of anyone have an issue with any of it people live in these places I mean um, I, I, we all know what it says but let's also all be honest what is it what is what is God telling the children of Israel to do Displace the
0: people.
1: invade yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we are in a obviously a very enlightened society now are we not I will probably say no <laughs> but, but we do think we are and we think that we've come quite morally along and basically we've begun to rewrite history to the effect that anything that we did to settle any territory is deemed an invasion, which is actually true. How was Australia founded? We invaded it. How was America founded? How was France founded? How was England founded? I mean, pick a country and try and tell me that it wasn't from an invasion. Or a migration. It, or a migration. Yes. I mean, even the Apache Indians got all the way down into Mexico and killed a bunch of Aztecs. Okay? So it's not like we're all happy people and uh, it's, it, this is a thing that humans have done since time immemorial. It's just now, in the last 10 to 15 years, we've decided that this is not a good thing. And we've begun to rewrite history. And so it becomes an issue. Which we will all have to face eventually. We're going to talk to somebody who'll say, "Don't really like these verses," because you know you're invading people. People are living there. I mean, oh, well, there's poor Lebanese, you know, those, those people who have found the Euphrates River and gone, "Wow, this is a really big river. I think I might live here," until a whopping huge group of Israelites come in and and, and kill them. Um, Basically,
2: ethnic cleansing as well. Yeah. Kill
1: everybody. kill everybody yeah and we're gonna to have to deal with those verses when they come up mm-hmm. because they're there in this book we've got to wrestle with why are we having to do that what happens if we do what happens if we don't but god says he does the same with the israelites and they behave like the other ones yeah so which which means what like what's the uh inyan there what's the Intention of that. The intention is that the guys who were living here or before they they wrong, you know. They did wrong. He's saying that Israel got invaded with God's
3: will as well. Later. Later.
1: Later. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. The major difference probably is God ordained this uh, you know invasion and He did want these people punished for their great wickedness as well. So. But Okay. And possibly, yeah.
4: right, possibly the corrupted seed as well from the um,
1: Genesis chapter 6. Yes, yeah, I mean, that could still be... I mean, obviously we meet and encounter these Anakim still here, these giants. Yeah.
4: Because it does say uh, they were on the earth at that time and afterwards.
1: Yes, yeah, it does. And it doesn't tell you how they became after. No. Um, which is very interesting, don't you think? Is, yeah. yeah. So,
4: I mean, when Jesus... Was on the earth in Jerusalem, he encountered many entities, you know, like the demonics. Yep. And they spoke to him, they knew him. You know, we know who you are. Yep. Have you come to persecute before the
1: Yep. You wonder how they know how to do that.
4: Yeah. Obviously, they, you know, they know that there's a judgment coming, you know.
1: Yep. And you wonder how they knew. You wonder how they could get that information. You want to know how they could recognize Jesus because now He's actually in a human form. In
2: a human form yeah.
1: yeah, and uh, we just, all of that begs some great questions. Okay. Yeah. But now.
2: still the same, the Bible tells us the Israelites, it would happen to them also and it land for sticking them out. You know.
1: Correct. That's in Leviticus. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The done thing now. You know, it's not politically correct now to go and invade somebody else. Right. On the other hand, if they invade you, it's not politically
1: correct to stop them from coming in. Right. So that's all. <clears throat> yes, that's right. We just. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Ma- yeah, Yes, right. Illegal immigration. It, one mass movement of one people into another territory is, by definition, an invasion.
2: Mm.
1: Right. Except we don't call it that. We call it immigration. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Osiris. Yeah. We we changed the name. Okay. It's still a group of people moving from another place. Okay. Um, but we're we're only we're only passing through.
4: We don't own this. God says he owns
1: this. Yes. Mm-hmm.
4: And he gave
1: us. Correct. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's
3: he set his name
1: on this city. You know. Yep. Oh, I'm not disputing that at all. Not at all. That's
3: in Deuteronomy, not the rest of the
0: Torah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Deuteron- and he said
0: to Abraham that the sin of the Amorite is not yet full. Yep. So he promised him the land. Said so no, but it's yours for for your descendants, but not yet. Yep. Their sin is you're not yet full. full. The land took four hundred years. Or yes.
1: Anything. Yeah, that's right. So some ceiling level appeared, and uh, and so here you have um, Moses saying to uh, uh, the, these these Israelites. Okay. Now are these guys warriors? The soldiers? Yes. No, not. I mean, they're nomads, and yet. They were slaves. Well, not this. This generation is not. None of these guys are been slaves. They've had to fight. Okay. They've, had, they've had. They've had to do some battling along the way. Uh, they've defeated some people.
0: It's a very formidable future. Called into this. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob a land with large, flourishing cities. So these yeah. were by no means going to be a pushover, these people. Right, mm.
2: yes, mm. yeah. Um, there
0: I are mean, houses with all kinds of things that you do not provide yourself. You know, these people, they're there. It's there for the taking, but it's not going to be a pushover. Of...
1: De- Deuteronomy is going to say, in a very interesting way, you're going to go in and you're going to win. Mm and then you're going to fail. And you scratch your head and you go, wow, that's my big pep talk. <laughs> you're going to go in and you're going to live in houses you didn't build. You're gonna eat from fig trees that you didn't plant. You're gonna drink wine from vines you didn't plant and, 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 and eat bread from ground you didn't sow. And then you'll forget God. You're like, oh man, that's a great pep talk. I can't wait to go in and forget God. But it's what, what Moses is doing, very interesting things. He's saying, In your success, you'll fail. Which is a very interesting thing to say.
0: It says that, that be careful not to forget the Lord. Don't, yeah, right be careful, page, don't forget. And don't don't forget. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and yet, what is one of the prayers we always pray? Please, Lord, give me more. And you go, Hang on a second, it might not be good for you. In your success, you actually might fail. Um, And so we have to look at some of the warnings that Moses puts in his book, where he says, uh, actually, I really want you to do this. I want you to write the law where? On your heart. Don't bother keeping it in stone. I can't even keep it in stone. I break it all the time. But uh, make sure it's on your heart. None of you have been circumcised. We've been told to be circumcised. We haven't done it for the last 40 years, but make sure you circumcise this. Uh, when you go into the land, try and kill everybody. You're not going to do it. You're going to f- chase after their gods. But when you do, make sure you come back. And he'll put all these little things in. Uh, there are some very beautiful parts of the text where uh, in right at the start in chapter 4, he'll say, if you, when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. I mean, that is a beautiful promise. After, before then, he said, you're all going to blow it. But when you seek me with all your heart, you will find me and I'll be right here and so it's, a, it's going to be a very interesting little little journey is okay, so there anything else there from this pep talk that uh, God is going to say I mean the uh, the boundaries are quite quite interesting aren't they so you know march off to the Euphrates did they ever do that
0: <laughs> well,
1: like, just about yeah. reached it with David yeah just about got there with David yeah. so, so to, uh, um and so it's an interesting little little uh, uh, n- initial start of the, of the pep talk. So what we'll do for the, the rest of our study is um, we'll jump in and out of Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. So when Deuteronomy quotes uh, a mitzvah or, or a piece of the Torah, we'll have a look at what the Torah actually said. And then we'll look at how Moses is, is what he's saying, what he's leaving out will be the bigger things. Okay? Not just what he's putting in, but the. Some, sometimes um, it's what people don't say actually speaks louder.
2: Thank you for listening. If you've been blessed by this teaching, let us know by leaving a comment on our Facebook page, on SoundCloud, or by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. You can offer practical support by giving a donation at ChristChurchJerusalem.org. Thank you and blessings from the city of the king.